This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. New message. What up, what up? It's Heather's cousin. You dated her in college, or maybe you were just in the same class. Anyway, I heard you bought a boat, my man. Let's hit the water. Oh, and Heather told me you always liked uh, snacks and stuff, so I could totally bring some chips. When you get a boat, you also get new friends. Make sure Progressive's one of them, and get coverage today for as little as $100 a year. Hey, also, I'm a little short on cash, so can you cover the chips? Thanks. I can see why Heather liked you. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. I'm I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Hi, and welcome back to another edition of that Millwall podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. This is episode number 38. If you're listening to this, you're listening to it on Monday morning as a podcast on your way to work, or you could be watching us on Recast. Otherwise, you will be watching this on Wednesday for all our YouTube viewers. Um, joining me today is my regular co-host, the uh, partner in crime, the... Um, the man who's possibly in the Rowett camp now, the one and only Omar. How you doing, fella? In the Rowett camp, or let's let's get that right there. In the Rowett out camp, or what? Go on, you tell me. In the Rowett out camp, aren't you? Possibly, possibly. Um, yeah, I guess, like you said there, uh, we'll get onto that in more detail. I'm sure. Hello to people on Recast. Thanks for tuning in. Obviously, yeah, as Mickey said there, this is now live on Recast Monday mornings, and um, yeah, as Mickey said, 48 hours before. 
uh, ongoing on YouTube, and it's obviously quite exciting for us. So I'm sure we'll delve into that in more detail over the future episodes and put tweets out about it. But yeah, good for us, I suppose. And if you enjoy it on there and you're on recast and you watch on YouTube, be sure to go over there for the next show. Right. The next 40 minutes or so are probably not going to be um, easy listening without probably a stiff drink. Um, uh, probably there'll be parts where you will be shouting out loudly and look like a lunatic on your commute. So without further ado, we're going to get into the show straight after this. Welcome back. Here we go. We played absolutely fucking atrociously at the weekend um, against a team what was massively, massively beatable. We decided to fill the team full of defenders pretty much. We had three holding midfield and we had fucking eight defensive players playing on. Um, so let's start then with uh, a game we pretty much set out for a draw, I suppose. What's, what's your views on 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 that then, Omar? Am I pretty accurate? Yeah, a trip, a trip to the doomy, gloomy Blackpool in January. I mean, obviously, my myself and you couldn't make up there. I had work, and I know you had other commitments as well, mate. Um, a one 0 defeat at Bloomfield Road. On the face of it, maybe not the worst, but if you've watched it and you went through it, and if you travelled up there, I can only commend you all. I, I missed out on the weekend up there. I waited to go. I'm kind of happy I didn't at this point and face that kind of doom and gloom on the way home because, cool, that was a sight for sore eyes, mate, from start to finish. And, yeah, we rallied at the end. But like you said, eight players playing defensive-minded. Obviously, we lined up with a 5-3-2 formation. Bielkowski in goal. Back three of Hutchinson, Cooper and Murray Wallace. Left wing back Malone. Right wing back McNamara. We've come customary to this. We're used to it. But then three holding midfielders in Evans, Mitchell, and Core. Help me out, mate. Keithton Bells. So, yeah. And then obviously you just left an isolated Mason Bennett, who had a nasty injury in the first half, by the way. If you caught an eye follow with his hands, fucking filth that looked like. Um, and Bennett Kofobi. I mean, I've got, give, give, give me a bit of an interjection from yourself, mate, and how you feel about it first. And then just, I'm going to come in in a second. <laughs> I'm just going to give a bit of positive and say, the 942 odd who travelled to Blackpool, um, a lot went up on Friday. Hats off to you guys. You yeah. paid a fortune for your train tickets. You paid a fortune for your hotel. Um, hats off to you guys uh, and your continued support and everything else. And hopefully, you know, maybe on the next show, a couple of you who were up there and, and, and want to, you know, come on or whatever, get in touch with us. Um, but I think that's pretty much where the positivity um, it's pretty much going to stop. Mm -hmm. um, personally, I think we spoke about it on a previous show. Blackpool uh, has only won two games since October. I think they're a team we could have quite happily dominated um, better than what we did. But we just set ourselves out for either to drag it out for a nil-nil draw or not to win it you know we we it looked to me like it was it was going to be a draw or you know if you listen um if you listen to Rowett's post match he was like well I decided to play five at the back of five three two because I wanted to control the game for you know so long and then I wanted to bring on a change of players 
and then we make a run for it and off we go for it. But to be fair, I don't think they ever looked like it was going to be happening. We were just, we didn't look an attacking threat. And the problem is, is that if you've got no one on there creatively to be able to put balls up to Phoebe and Bennett, they're not going to do fuck all. They're just going to be standing around like a couple of pricks at a wedding. Do you know what I mean? What a good analogy that is, by the way. I mean, yeah, you're bang on, mate. And there's something terribly wrong with me, right? Because my Fulham ticket arrived yesterday. I got home from work in the evening and my Fulham ticket's there. I'm thinking, why am I putting myself through that thought in the first place? I'm in the process of even looking to go Blackburn away. And because I do it because I, it's a bug and it's it's a, something that you can never shake off following me all home and away. And I love it. And, you know, we've got West Brom next week and I hate to think how that's going to go. Probably we might have a little bit of a bounce back and put a good home performance in. I reckon they'll have too much for us. But we're talking about Blackpool yesterday. And yeah, mate, it, I, I don't even know where to start. You know, the first half, we just, you're right. You know, we right played a team not to get beat. And I, I have no problem with that kind of analogy if we're travelling to Fulham on a Tuesday night in February, like we're going to do so. Be in the game, 15, 20 minutes to go. You throw on your new signing in Burke in that analogy if he was like if it was his debut you go for a bit more pace and hopefully try and take the game to them and maybe nick it and if you get the draw you're happy i know yeah. we're going to this game on the back of three defeats in the league and confidence is low and there's a lot of uncertainty around in the squad he referred to it in his post-match interview as well which was on recast um and i just sat there thinking what is this because if you didn't watch the one before the game he's pre-match on friday morning he was full of confidence and full of beans. We had a good week's training, the usual sort of rubbish we hear from him, to be honest. And it, I know he's got to say it and he's got to believe it and speak it into existence, but that's not a team full of confidence at the moment. And it's far from it. And I, I'm just, I think I'm fed up with the negativity, mate. I think I put it out on Twitter and it got a lot of interactions on it. And I think everyone's agreeing with it. That's the outroar and everyone's, it was, I think a lot of people turned, I've got a, few, a lot of mates that go to the games and I'd say about 35% have already turned a couple months ago you know trips to Huddersfield I've done my little monologue obviously a few a few months ago after the Huddersfield game driving home down the M1 thinking why am I doing this shit and why is that constantly what we're getting given it's not changed since then and it's just been a constant downward slope this year and I know there's caveats to it we've got injuries players are out suspended or you know Jed Wallace is not around I know this I understand and there's been games before where we've not been able to play consistent 11 but the fact that we've gone to Blackpool, who are not a bad side, Neil Critchley's coached them well, and you know Josh Bowler in there looks good. Both their centre forwards played well. Medine was leading the line quite well, and you know, you, but you've got a thirty-five-year-old Richard Keir at centre half. We made him look like a Rolls Royce of a defender yesterday. He yeah. had his day, and if you, you know, we all know he's <clears> off-field issues that happened at Derby County. Player in decline. Blackpool actually got no knee. Yeah, mate. Honestly, and like Blackpool are a team in decline. You know, they've won two and eleven, started doing really well. And we go there thinking, oh, we've got to pay them respect. And we just give them the ball and let them play. And it's Blackpool, for God's sake. Like like I said, if, it, if we go Fulham and do that, no one's going to argue with it. If we get a nil-nil away to Fulham, everyone's going to applaud that team off the pitch and think, you know what, they've grafted. But yeah. the lack of direction of where this team is going, you don't know how Mill will play. All we know is we play five defenders and try to see the game out. That's, that's the only thing we do under Gareth. at the moment. No, and I like the comment he made. He made on recast was it yesterday? Was it after the game where he turned around and he goes, you know, oh, we used to be taking what was unplayable. It was hard to play against and all that. Well, yeah, we were. But what the fuck are you doing wrong now? Because all of a sudden, when you joined, we were doing so. You know, we had this three-year plan. What we come on to again in a in a while. But the first year we were having good clean sheets, and then all of a sudden. 
the clean sheets start dividing, going backwards, and now all of a sudden we can't seem to fucking keep a clean sheet if our life depends on it. We changed formation yesterday, what, three times? Maybe yeah. four times yesterday, and nothing worked. Um, and again, we're coming to some other bits in a, in a little bit once you know we talk about the team and some stuff that we put across social media this weekend. But to me, if you can't play against a team like Blackpool, then fuck me, Fulham's going to be scary. If we can't get our shit together for Fulham, we're going to be battered six seven nil. I'm fully aware football is like a results business. And if we won every game one nil away from home or drew nil nil, it's fine. And like if yesterday, if it's nil nil 20 minutes to go and we nick it one nil, everyone goes home happy and we're probably not yeah. sitting right now talking like this. However, yeah. it's the manner of how we play. And I think that's what's sickening. And it's just at this point, everyone's fed up on it. I've mentioned the 35% of like people probably write out. I could tell you now it's about 75% row it out now. And we've done polls obviously yesterday. And I know, like, it's this, it's, it's a simplistic way of looking at it. You can't just change the manager willy nilly. I know that. I don't think I'm. I am right out if it stays like this. This is that's the fact. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not right out. I'm not right out. Like, yeah, I'm not now. like. I, I don't I want him out now. I want to give him the window, and I want him to sign yeah. some more players. I want him to show what he can do. We've got five, six tough games coming up, and I know no new manager wants to come into that. You can bring in an under twenty three coach for you know whilst you look for a new manager if we were to sack him tomorrow and and do all this sort of stuff. I'm not I'm not saying I want Riot out, but if this is what we're gonna get served up and this is what he thinks is the way forward, I tell you now, it's not. And the amount of fans that are A not Sounds bothering to go anymore. No one's bothering some people are not bothering to go because they're fed up with watching the football. Yeah. Yep. Like and it's I don't blame them. And I'm at the point now where like I'm if I'm sitting at work and like and I'm thinking, you know what, like, I can get a way of watching this or I can go home. I, I used to sit and watch the games. I'm just going to wait till 65 minutes when we go 1-0 down, where I know he's going to make three subs and try and win the game. Then we're exciting to watch. Like, why does it take that to happen? Why are we not taking the game to people? If we lose that game 1-0 yesterday, but I had 10 shots and goals, eight, nine corners, try to win the game, we're happy. We're fine with that. Did you, did you see the stats? Did you see the stats? We're very, very similar to Blackpool on the stats. Mm. I think we had about, you know, we, we the percentages were there, passing, we were more, everything else. But actually watching the game, it's just boring. Yeah. And the thing is with watching Millwall, it's not about winning every game because, look, it is what it is, you know. It, it's not about, oh, well, we're Millwall, it is what it is. No, it's not. It's about the players actually having that, you know, that documentality where they just don't give up. They just keep going. And regardless, if we got spanked four five nil every week, but the players went out there and, and gave their fucking gave their heart and soul on that pitch, coming off, they'd still get a round of applause, and and everyone would still love them. But the problem is something's not right, which we'll obviously come to in a bit because obviously we've all been praying. I've I've spoken to a few sources and got some information what what might possibly have bits and pieces to do with it, and you know we'll look into there, but. I just look, I'm not rowing out as in like some other channels right now because I think it's better the devil you know than the devil you don't. Who are you going to bring in? Um, but that's the argument we said after Harris, and then we got Gary out, we had the bounce. Like, listen, fuck it, I'm rowing out. I am like, I can't see it changing. I want yeah. him to change it. I want him to do well. I, I don't like sacking managers. I, I don't, I don't think it's a thing we should but do. He's only in October, I think, and he joined in October 2019. I think he had a three year deal. So all he's, three year plan this year. So this, uh, got, uh, as far as I'm aware, I don't think he signed a new contract unless he has, and it's not been mm. like kind of published or anything like that. 
I just at this point, like I don't see it changing. I don't think he's the man that will change it either because we'll get results under him and we'll probably stay <laughs> up this year. But the fact is, right. is the football is shit. The tactics yeah. are shit. He's playing George Evans right side of a midfield three, asking to bomb up and down the pitch. He can't run 10 yards. Like, why are we doing this? Like, he's a good footballing midfielder. If you give him the time and space to ping a ball 50 yards, then why are we asking to run it down the pitch on the right-hand side and work with Matt Namara? Why not put Thompson there, who's a more mobile midfielder? I- I'm not I'm not a football manager. I'm not qualified to say this, and I don't know. But it's my opinion, and this is why we do this podcast. Why is that the team he served up to us yesterday when you've got Bury on the bench, we signed Burke, Burke's supposedly come back from an injury at Sheffield United and he's not got back in the team there. But he came but he looked on, good though. looked bright. And like this is what I'm saying. Like, Why are we not playing to our strengths instead of like letting the opposition have the ball and try and get a set piece? We had one opportunity in the first half. Murray Rollis in the 45th minute, wasn't it, from that set piece where he's, yeah. he's stretched his leg to it and almost scored an outrageous volley for him. But we're not opposed to that with Murray Wallace. The problem is, right, I don't think the players are, not, I don't think the players are shirking it. The players are putting the effort in. But there's a real disconnect to how the team plays and what we're doing. Like, I don't know what we're doing. I don't know what the plan was pre-game. It must have been, like he said, get to 65 and then throw our our young, pacey players on and try and make something. But we can't just sit there for 65 minutes and do nothing because teams are going to score goals. And Blackpool did. And there could have been one or two up at half-time yesterday. Yeah, no, I agree with you. But I think, look, should we just... Should we fuck talking about Blackpool off now and we just talk Wait, about... I'm not done yet. I'm not done yet. Oh, right, here we go. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> let's talk a bit it's about... It's your turn now, isn't it? Let's talk about the... Pl- I mean, look, I'm not I'm not saying the players I don't trying. think Evans had that bad a game yesterday, if I'm honest. But then why is he playing right side of a midfield three? Well, why? that's not his choice, is it? Because that's not where I'd play him. And I don't think that's his chosen... He was playing centre-half in the back three towards the end of last hmm. season. Why are we now playing in a midfield three on the right-hand side? When he's a holding midfield, why are we playing him and Keeftonbelt and Mitchell in a midfield three? Why are we? Why is that a setup? And why are we leaving the two forwards isolated up front? The wing backs aren't getting forward. Matt Namara and Billy Mitchell are the only two players that can walk away that game held high, head held high. And Murray Wallace, and, and even Hutchinson and Cooper, like the, the defense, everyone done their job, but there's just no output. Wallace is outside. Right. Let's talk about Wallace, mate. Jed Wallace, come on. I think that's the key here. I think he referred to it in the post match. Do you remember what he said? No, go on. I remember some other bits. No, he said there's like there is oh, about an injury now, and it about another injury. No, but he's saying that the ongoing speculation around Placing. players is affecting yeah. not only us as a club, oh, yeah, the Britain, it's also the affecting Britain the players. Yeah, 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 is that excuses yeah. or is that a fact? Like, who knows? Like, why is that even being said after a game as an excuse? Well, I think the problem. I, I mean, if you read into what you know, look, let's read into what is what he said. Um, he sat there and turned around and said, obviously, the uncertainty around Jed, Jed. Um, there was a there was an article, what news at Den, I think it was, what basically said, um, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, Jed shouldn't really be having to deal with all this media hype and everything else. Listen, you're a professional football player, you've had media training, you've got a fucking agent. Um, if your agent wants to play silly games, which allegedly potentially has because that's his job, creating noise so that you get publicity and potentially you get the best deal possible and he gets a lovely like you know a lovely big slice of commission out of it that's his job if you can't handle the pressure then you shouldn't be in the fucking game you should have signed the contract a year and a half ago with Millwall and stayed here it, it is what it is so you know on that side of it got no sympathy for it right it is what it is this is the article so it's quite the same it's difficult when you get into that situation when there is an awful lot of press speculation it's not easy other players will read that it's been tough at that time for Jed's 
He's injured at the moment and you've got all that uncertainty around it. And I think it does affect other players. It shouldn't. You have to be stronger than that to be better than that. But I think it has affected some players. But we oh, have to step up. We have to step up. And at the end of the week, then the next week, the group we have here will be the group we need, we need to move forward with and move forward with better results. I think we will be better in the second half of the season, but we have to show a little bit more fight and be better. Uh, listen, he's bang on. He's right. But why? Like, what is fight? Like, let's define it for a second, right? What what is fight, Mickey? Like, what is it that we're doing? What are we trying to achieve? To try and not lose, or are we trying to win games? That is the crux of the issue for most fans out there. We're not playing to win games. We're playing to be in games and hopefully nick a, a set piece or something. And that is not that's feasible. It's not there for long term success. Like we've got good young players in this team that like to play football. Mason Bennett is not a bad footballer. He carries the ball. He actually is quite decent. He's always a sick note injury. Like, he's not short of one, and we understand that. And it's yeah. obviously a pound style, but he's obviously a sign-in. We've got to play here. But he grasps. Benny Kofobi gets the ball down and likes to play. Danny McNamara gets the ball down likes to play. Scott Malone even likes to get on the ball. Billy yeah. Mitchell. Like, Evans is a ball-playing midfielder who, at Derby, was raved about. And, you know, he is he can ping a ball 60, 70 yards with ease. Why are we just playing these players to like try and not win a game? I don't understand this. And like, yeah, of course. Other and what we've got to stop doing, right? And this is actually a fact at the moment: is stop playing out from the back. Our three centre yeah. halves are not comfortable to ball at their feet. They can I pass mean, out. They can do simple passes, but yeah. they're constantly like under pressure. There's a couple of occasions yesterday where Blackpool pushed us high and almost like put pay to our mistakes. Murray Wallace lost the ball on one occasion. I think Hutch lost the ball on one occasion. Why don't we just go back to Mill basics? And he's talking quite... about after the game, a Mill yeah. team needs to be hard to beat. A Mill team needs to graft. It's all words, mate, because them players ain't. It is all bullshit. They're not I mean, playing we, way. We were picked up when we there was someone put a comment on the YouTube channel. Um, and again, you know, when you watch it on there, you know, please do add the comments. We do what we do read and we do, you know, look at them and everything else, and we, you know, we react to them. So yeah, it'd be good to to get on board with some comments there. Um it's not bullshit what I'm saying. He is coming out with words. And, you know, like, one week he'd come out going, oh, yeah, you know, we need to change things. We need to look at the youth the academy and everything else. The next week, you don't fucking play anyone. I think certain players, yeah, you know, young lad at Sutton, leave him there. I, I agree with that. Leave him there. Let him stay. Let him do. He's doing a good job there. Leave him there. I don't think he is ready for championship football. It's a lot different. But leave him there. And then maybe next season... Maybe bring him up to League One. When we're in League One, yeah. when, when, when we're in League One, mate, because we, we won't <laughs> be there yet. But um, I think you've hit a point now. I mean, you know, Jed. There must be loads of uncertainty over Jed. You know, it can't be good for a team praising as much as Jed is a good player, but praising Jed as you know being the best player in the squad. If you're someone else there, that must feel a bit of a kick in the nuts to you. But also, I mean. I've heard today that there's speculation that potentially Barrett might be looking at other, you know, other roles potentially as well. Um, you've got the uncertainty around Jed. I think Evans potentially being played in the wrong position is being scapegoated. I don't necessarily think that he's a shit footballer. I just think he's not playing in the right position at the minute. Um, and I think, as so, so I'm led to believe through sources that the morale within the team is fucking low. Um, they don't like the way to play. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I was told to to look at Jed's comments after Luton um, to understand that, you know, the players don't like, um, you know, the style of play what's playing. 
And it's getting to a stage where you're going, does Gary and his team, I mean, if you look at his team, he's got Paul Robinson, Barrett, and they're all defensive, you know, players. They were all, they all played defensive positions. So is it... they're all defenders by nature, but everyone starts as a forward and likes to score goals. We all know how football works. Me and you are fucking punters that sit there on the weekend getting pissed watching it, but we still know what an attacking team looks like. Like this, it's and we're not an attacking done. team. But this is what I'm saying. Like, why are we not? I, I don't think it's necessarily because we've got defensive minded coaches. If anything, if we've got defensive minded coaches, we should be able to keep clean sheets. But we've kept five all season, four all season. Because but... it, it points to me that the morale's low and the team aren't behind the manager. There was also because a tweet. I... This is something, sorry, sorry. No, I didn't. One sec, one sec, one sec. Something what I said many shows back where I turned around and said, was it, I mean, right back, it might have even been when we done Friday Night Live, um, that I honestly believe that Callum um, Davison was the man manager, was the people manager, and Gary was like the tactician. Well, we've got another, we've got another guy who's a technical um, coach uh, there as well. I can't think of his name off the top of my head. It'll come to me. Joe Carnell. That's it, Joe Carnell. Sorry, yeah, give him a name check. He's, he does a job, so yeah. Um, but I reckon that's why we've kept Pearson to fill into that man management role. But the problem is, is if Gary isn't a man manager and you start losing the, you start losing the dressing room to a degree, or you've got a couple of big characters in that team. And when we've spoken to the players, they've always said, you know, certain characters will control that team. All of a sudden your ass is up against it. And when you're not getting results, the players ain't going to necessarily go out of their way to fucking save your, save your skin. Because if shit come up against it, they're going to go, well, we, you know, we've been telling the gaffer that we didn't want to play that position, yeah. that, that style. And now he's gone. Hopefully we can get back to playing football, what we can all enjoy. Did you see Jack Millwall tweeted? I don't know if you saw it earlier today. Her strong rumours, is back up your point, that Gary Oak man management is appalling and he alienates people not in the squad, etc. And it's also a reason why Jed wants to go. Yesterday was a shambles. We need to change. He admitted to setting up not to lose. Peterborough, Hull, Blackpool, Luton, Bristol all beat us. And that is a fact of it, right? We're yeah. ne- typically never good in games where we're expected to perform. I get that. but We've never have been, though, have we, really? But, but at least even under Harris, mate. Do you know what? I I'm, I see people calling for Harris comeback. That's, that's not for me. If you do that, I'm going to kick you straight out of the show it's, and I'll just do the rest of it on my own. <laughs> it's, it's not, not for me. me. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel anytime. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it, but nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to. Because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from. Some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy. So we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that's ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. 
You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Okay, but you know what I mean? But with that said, Neil Harris got hounded for a lot work, for a lot less than what the managers put. I don't understand why we give it. Neil Harris was a club legend, got us promoted from League One, and he was hounded after a season or two of struggling at championship level for the football he was playing. I tell you what, Neil Harris wouldn't have this team playing the way it's playing now. That's not to me saying Neil Harris should come back. That's not me saying I prefer Neil Harris football, but he knew what the limitations were to the team. And we can see the limitations now, but he's still persevering with his style of play, Garrett. I'm not doubting this could work at a team that have ball-playing defenders that like to overlap. You look at Sheffield United when they got promoted from the Championship under Wilder a couple of years ago. Mustard team to watch. Fair play to it. It works. It's not working with these set of players. These set I mean, of players they... don't play that yeah. style of play. And, and I if... agree with you. I agree with you about saying, like, the players are getting fed up. I've said it before about Jed. Like, I speculate, what is the reason? He's probably fed up with not only carrying the team on his own, which he wouldn't mind, I guess, so much because he's the main man. But also, he thinks he's a better footballer than the way we play. And I'm sure a lot of other players in this team think the same thing. I mentioned Mitchell being a good, good footballer. Evans is not a bad footballer either. Matt Namara, Phoebe, Bennett, Mahoney. Why is he coming on as a sub yesterday? I thought he's offered out to clubs to leave. Why are we bringing these players on when he doesn't want them to be at the club anymore? They're not going to put a shift in for him to try and win in the game. They don't care. Why would they I care? I mean, it's the same as, remember when we did Friday Night Live? We had someone come on you know, week in, week out, saying, you know, Rowett and Thompson have had massive rows. Mm. You know, he's basically don't want Thompson there. Thompson is there. You're like going, well, that was months ago. And you can see that there's something not right there where, Who you know, they weren't don't. bringing him in. But the problem is, is that something needs to go because what you've got is whatever's going on inside the club, that's now, it, it's, it's, being ripped, it, it's being repeated outside because you've got the things going on through the, you know, with the statement from the club and other bits and pieces going on with the club, which slowly turning fans, and then the results on the pitch as well are slowly turning fans. The fans are starting to turn, and once Millwall fans turn, you're fucked. It, you know, I mean, look at Harris. Harris, Harris left, depending who you speak to. You know that his family got dog shit abuse from social media. Um, you know, John Daddy got dog shit abuse from social media. Look at his post today. You know, great win. You know, great win. Blah blah blah. You know, thanking the fans, everything else. We would have fucking, we never got one of those messages in, in love nor money. But we don't know why he wanted to go. I mean, he's gone. Smith's gone. Why the fuck is Smith going when we didn't have any anybody to replace him? He would, personally, we've let him go for nothing. Surely he could have coped until the end of the season. Could have done a job as well, probably yesterday. Like, yeah. Like, if you want to play this route one football up to Bennett and Afobi, maybe have Bennett. Or and Smith or Smith and a phobia instead. Like, why did that? Why is that not a thing? And also, like, my problem is with Rowett, like, and I've said it before, like, there's no pattern of play to this team. You've, we've not scored a goal this year, aside from set pieces where you go, yeah, we've worked on that. Like, it's just literally like build up play is sporadic. We don't score many goals in open play, aside from when it's on the counter attack. But then even then, you're not going to counter well when you've got two forwards up front left on their own. They need support. That then the team, the whole team, needs to be supporting each other. And it, it's just the imbalance. Yesterday, oh, I'm, I'm done talking about yesterday. But like, you watch our team play. You watch uh, Blackpool passing the ball around with intent, looking for that killer pass straight away. 
Bowler on the right looks unreal. I can see why Nottingham Forest are trying to get him as well as Jed. If they get to pair them together, they will definitely, I think, in my opinion, push towards playoffs this year. I mean, they keep getting good results. I think they beat Derby yesterday. And obviously, Derby were resurgent recently as well. But you look at our side, there is no pattern of play or no routine that you're familiar with. With Neil Harris, you knew up to Morrison, Gregory's there, and then we play. Then Jed gets involved. Then O'Brien gets involved. Then you've got Ben Thompson bombing on. Or you've got George Savile getting involved in the play and there's four or five attackers there. When you watch us play now, it's so disjointed. There's nothing there that you can look at and go, yeah, okay, we're working to do that. You've got wing-backs that don't get forward in games when you're asked to defend. And then you're just literally left with two up front who are like trying their best. I don't discredit Bennett Bennett or Phoebe yesterday for their performances. Burt comes on, sparks into life. Give him a few weeks training with us with no pattern of play or anything going on. It'll just be looking at isolated lost man. I don't understand what what is our style of play. What is what is Gary Routes Millwall style of play aside from the fact that we play five defenders? I don't know. I don't know. I'd, let's look at the polls. What we put out today and um, and talk through some of them. We put out one, obviously, show recording tonight. Interested to know this question: Who's to blame for our current form? Players, Rowett, or both? And both got sixty percent of the vote. There was what three hundred and twenty votes, and sixty percent of those people voting said both, which I think is probably correct because I don't necessarily think that Rowett is is that inept as a manager that he doesn't understand how he wants to play. But the trouble is, if the players don't buy into your style of football, it's never going to work. It's like me taking you from what you do as a living, working with computers and saying, right, here's a monkey wrench. You're now going to come and do some plumbing. You'll do it as best as you can, but if you're not fully into it, you ain't going to fucking do it well. So you're fucked. You hit and then... on the head there, Mickey. You, you, you're actually bang on there. And, and this is it, though. Like you, 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 That's what, back to my point from just earlier. You've got two strikers up front left on their own, isolated. Like, what can they actually do when the rest of the players are defending and you're playing players that are holding midfielders, you're playing three holding midfielders together? why why not just i'm done talking about yesterday's game but like look like you can't expect i agree sometimes i've walked out this year and i thought players are to blame for that or the managers to blame for that and it's it is 50 50 but ultimately the person that's in charge of the players that gets the players to perform is responsible because that's football and whether it's right or wrong or the best way it's meant to be they're in charge of them group of players as a football manager. And if the players aren't performing and it's been a consistent thing all season, it's still the manager's fault. And it's a sad no, fact. Well, let's, before we move on and talk about some other bits and pieces, right? Blackpool yesterday played a 4-4-2. We played a 3-5-2, a possibly maybe a 5-3-2. Correct. But, right? But you look at the match stats, possession, 49% Blackpool, 51 possession to us. Uh, Blackpool, 14 shots. Uh, ours, nine. Five on target for Blackpool. Three for us. Six corners for Blackpool. Two for us. Eight fouls. Ten fouls to us. Um, there are a few comments and all that, but I mean, it. it I just don't understand how we, you know, when we play... 4-4-2, what we've played a couple of points this season, we've seemed to actually play well. The team actually seems behind it. 
They seem infused, they seem passionate, and they fucking drive it forwards. And we look like a threat. So why the fuck go to Blackpool and play, oh, I know what we do, we go defensive? Because that was the biggest bollocks. 900 people there, and that's probably, and no disrespect to anyone who went, because I can understand why, but that was probably the quietest away fan for Millwall that I've heard in a long time. Because what is there to get infused about? Do you know what I mean? Like you said, we un- you understand, I understand. What is there to get infused about when you watch that team? And yeah, you say about the chances, mate. Like, I can tell you now, 51% possession. I guarantee the players that touch the ball the most in our team will be the back five. It mm. wouldn't be the midfield. It wouldn't be the forwards. The players that touch the ball the most in that team will be Hutchinson, will be Cooper, will be Wallace, will well, be Matamara, will be Malai. Because we're just passing the ball around aimlessly around the back. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned Hutchinson there. Is Hutchinson, and one for the listeners as well, is Hutchinson a good manager? Good uh, sorry, good manager. Good captain. You, he leads by example, doesn't he? I, I, I do. I do think that's also an issue we've got when Pierce is in the team. I don't think he's vocal enough. When Pierce is in the team, we look more organised. But then when Pierce is in the team, you hear him shout the whole game. But I don't think there needs to be a shouty, shouty captain. But that does when you take Pierce out of the team, you think about the team that we had before that was successful under Harris, Morrison up front, Williams in the middle, Wallace on the right, likes the bark or orders at the team. Um, and it was Cooper and Hutchinson at the back. They didn't have to shout then because you got other players in the team that were dictating how we worked. I, I do think we, I do I do think we missed leaders, but at, same, but at the same time, in your answer to Hutchinson, I think he's one of the best defenders in this league personally for how he does. He he, he yeah, reads not... the game so well. He's perfect in the tackle, and he's not bad on the ball. I talked about it earlier, but he's not someone that picks a forward pass and puts a penetrating ball forward, which is why you don't give your centre halves the ball to play forward. You give it to the midfielders to do the magic, but then when they isolate the back with the three on their own, the defenders, they're not going to do much of it. I'm not saying, right, that Hutchinson's a shit footballer. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, is he a good captain? Um, you know, because when when you talk about the team that you were talking about, you had Fordy in goal, who was vocal as hell and he commanded that back bit. You had Morrison, again, a fucking, you know, a, a monster at the front end of the park. Fordy at the back, and you had Sean Williams and everyone else in the Tony middle. Tony Craig as well, remember? Yeah, Tony Craig. And you yeah. you had people who who knew, you know, like with the youngsters coming in, they'd pull them in and go, listen, what are you doing? You don't need to go too far up. Fucking stay back here. This is where it'll go from, blah, blah, blah. And you had lots of vocal, lots of communication. There doesn't seem to be that, and there doesn't seem to be... Doesn't seem to be any. It's a big cliche, but it doesn't seem to be any passion or, or proudness to play for that badge. Do you know what I mean? I think you're right, definitely about the shouting. Like, but I, I don't think you need shouting if you know what you're doing, right? Let's look at no, right. yeah, yeah. that. That's the problem, I think, as well. I, and I, in answer to your question, I don't think Hutchinson is a good captain. I'll give you that because he doesn't look vocal on the pitch. And for me, I think a captain should be vocal. I know they say players can lead by example, yada, 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 but he's not that sort of character. But at the same time, like I said, he's probably our best defender. But yeah, you're right. I, I wouldn't say there's no pride to play for the shirt. You look at Matt Lamara, Mitchell. Keith not everyone. Harris, but you look at these players and they're all like, they are. They do want to be there. But the thing is, is like, this is the problem. And this is what Morrison was so good at. When the chips were down, and everyone was like in panicking or whatever, Morrison will do something that goes, look, I'm up front here. I'm leading this team. We're going to get out of this. Then we're going to do something to get out of this slump. You look at the team now, 
there's no one in that team that's going to grab the, sc- the game by the scruff of the neck and go, look, lads, come on, let's let's do this. It's just all the mentality of trying to hang in there. But like I said, again, like that comes from the manager. Like Under Neil Harris, Neil Harris is that manager that took everything on the chin and never, you know, after he left, he's referred loads of times to off-field issues with this, off-field issues with that. We had no scooby about any off-field issues when Harris was in charge. But when he was on Wall Talk a couple of months ago, he was saying, look, you know, I had to deal with this, I had to deal with that. And he didn't say what the details were exactly, but he went, the last couple of years were the worst for off-the-field issues. And it's easy to say in the, in the after part, <laughs> but under Rarit, we're talking about contentious things in the dressing room. So, like, I don't think I don't think Rarit's lost the dressing room, but I can equally see why the players are getting fed up with him if that's, like, we're getting served nah, up. I get it. Harry- but under Harris, like I said there, he, he would chin everything and keep it all in in the, in the public and sort things out internally. And you, even after the game yesterday, Rarit's like, oh, you know, with Jed and all the speculation, it's obviously not ideal. And it's like, why, why are you saying that? Why, why Morrison's are you, why doing are you the same though, that? isn't he? Morrison's doing the same at Cardiff, though, isn't he? He ripped that young kid in the arsehole, you know, publicly. Um, to me, if Jed don't want to be there, get rid of him. And the fucking ridiculous, the ridiculous figures what come out this week from some Twitter account, some journo where he was talking that, Millwall's valuing Jed at what nine, fifteen, nine or fifteen million. I can't think what it was now. It was 15, big money. Fifteen million. Uh, no way in a million years, mate. You've got more chance of fucking seeing the Queen naked than fucking getting fifteen million pounds for Jed. That's that's yeah. just living in cloud cuckoo land. Do you know what I mean? That <laughs> that's just fucking unbelievable. Um I think, you know, maybe two two million, two and a half million with add-ons or whatever, if you can get that for him, I think that's a good deal. Why is Jed going to Nottingham Forest? Um I don't know. It's one of those. Look, it is what it is. I'm not going to knock the guy because he's done good for us. But I think he's probably not necessarily looking at his full potential by going to Forest. Um, you know, it's I'd probably hopefully hold out and a premiership team potentially can come for him. He wants to battle relegation. But you've got to ask yourself one thing with Gary Rowett. Why the fuck did Birmingham sing your football is shit, it's boring football? Derby sang the same. You know, everyone sits there, oh, Gary's, you know, 45 years, you know, 45 years in the game, blah, 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 blah. Well, yeah, great. But what's, I mean, I haven't looked at it. I don't know if you have. I haven't looked to see what his win ratio is or anything else. But, you know, for the fact that there's two other teams whose fans sing, your, boring, your football is boring, your football is shit. And now we're getting that same level of, agreement where we're going yeah, we're fucking we fucking agree with you it is shit to watch um i don't think he's going to go anywhere i think the board ain't going anywhere he's established the club now as a as a championship club over the last 3 years um you know if you look at his if you look at his 3 year plan he's got you know what did it, i said it to you earlier on where well this, was, it, this is the year we're meant to get the playoffs this so the yeah. first year was stability second year was trying for the playoffs yeah. which we did at times this yeah. year was meant to be get the playoffs and we are far away from that we are and um i just fly on the wall while she said about um win ratios um his all-time win ratio is 40 percent in his management career which isn't bad and it's respectable. At his time at Millwall, his first season was 41%, second season 33%, and this year 31%. So there's a downward trend there. Sorry, Mr. Three-Year Plan, right? No, that's unfair. Like, look, I actually really want Rowett to succeed, and I've always like thought this could be good. But this year, like 
It's just not changed. And it's getting worse, Mickey. It is getting worse. And I understand... Derby County, his win ratios were 46% in the one year he was there. Stoke City was 26%. No, sorry. 43% in the one year he was at Derby. 31% for Stoke the second season. And that one season, he had 26 games. And then at uh, Birmingham City, it was 40% roughly. So, yeah. And he's he's, been sacked from every club, hasn't he? he was sacked from Birmingham unjustly. He was in the playoffs at the time and they brought in John Vancasola and they shipped down the league. Um, Derby County, he was there for one season, got playoffs and then jumped shit to Stoke City. He wasn't sacked. He got playoffs, lost in the playoffs, went to Stoke and after 26 games at Stoke, got sacked. He signed a phobia for 10 million. He signed James McLean for 6, 7 million. He, he made a lot of money signings there and it crumbled really quickly when they, when they got relegated from the Premier League. So, And obviously with Millwall, he's not really had a kitty to spend. But I, I, honestly, I, I don't even back him to get the right players in. I, I want him to. I want us to sign. He's talking after the game about signing three or four players. I don't think three or four players will fix it. I think what will fix it is him just realising, like, I've got to change the way with his team players. And it falls down to him, Mickey. It, that's it. I think, realistically, he's got to look at going 4-4-2 and just playing attacking football for the rest of the season. How many times have we lose draw? No, but that's it. But win, lose, or draw, right? Just fucking go all out, 4-4-2, go all out for the remaining games and just see where we are. I mean, what we got now? We've got, what, 20 games left, probably? We're middle table. Chances are we're pretty much safe, aren't we? Probably another four wins and we'll probably be safe. But, I mean, what's, what's Peterborough's on 19? We're on 33. So we're, we're fairly okay. But, we could go, you know, if we don't, we're four losses now. If we keep going in that direction, then we could be banging trouble. We probably are safe, like we said yeah. last couple of shows. But like I said there, like, you still need to get the points. Under Jacket that year, we was in the playoffs at Christmas or just before. We lost Chris Woods and the rest was history that year. We almost went down last day of the season, but for Peterborough. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a slippery slope and it can change really quickly in the championship, especially how quick the games come. You know, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday in February, March. Uh, I don't know, mate. Especially with our reorganised games to come as well. It's going to be tough for us. February is tough. I mean, we've got, you know, pretty much a game every other every other couple of days, haven't we? For Fulham away, Blackburn away, West Brom on Saturday coming up. Doesn't get easier, yeah. mate. And I mean, you know, it's up to the team to rise to it. I mean, what we got? We got so we got Fulham on the eighth, Cardiff, Cardiff on the on the twelfth, QPR on the fifteenth. Or has that been rescheduled? No, that that is it now, isn't it? QPR. Yeah, it's happening. So we got QPR there. We got Blackburn Rovers on the Saturday after that, and then we Check got Derby. Derby on the 23rd. Mm-hmm. And then on the 26th, we got Sheffield United. So, I mean, we're literally playing Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday. It gets better all in through, March. You got all Redding. through there. You've got Reading, you've got Middlesbrough at home, Tuffy. But there's games in there that you'd think we could pick up points. Huddersfield at home as well in March, I think, as well. But, yeah, mate, it's easier said than none in this level, though. We, we, you'd think we could pick up points against... Blackpool yesterday. You think we could at least get a draw, or at least go down fighting? And that's that. Like to wrap up this part and to wrap up the show, I guess ultimately we just didn't put up a fight yesterday, and it was too little, too late. And as soon as we could see that goal yesterday, you just knew he was gonna make a sub. You knew he was gonna bring Burke on, and sure enough, three minutes later, Burke is on and Bury's on. And by the way, shout out to Tyler Bury. 
Um, not that I expected to watch this, but I mean, he came on yesterday and put a graft in and almost scored an unbelievable goal. We took it in the left-hand side, beat two or three yeah. players, got a good shot away. And to be fair, everyone credited the keeper for a good save. It was a decent save and he tipped it away for a corner. And Bury almost scored a goal that he scored at Hartlepool early in the season. So maybe he's worthy of a chance in the team. No, I totally agree. But I think, look, you know, yes, we're, we're starting to tap this up uh, and then this. I think uh, his tactics aren't working. I think his subs are fucking shockingly too late 90% of the time. I don't think they're making an impact what you want. Yes, we've had a few games, but you've got to ask yourself this. And again, this is a question for the comments. You've got to ask yourself this. Have we been lucky or has it been a masterclass from Rowett why we've won games? And I think that is, that's the big question out there is, you know, have we had a bit of luck in our favour or is it the fact that Rowett's pulled off a bit of a masterstroke and it's actually his tactics and the way he's played that's won us the game? Uh, again, look, get involved in the comments on them. Um, Good just, question, before we, just before we end, we've we done a, a, a vote um again on you know row it in or row it out and at the moment row it out it's finished now but row it out was 57 percent, and row it in at 43 percent. um we've had a load of comments on a lot of the stuff we've done over social media the last uh day day and a half and we'll probably go back in more let some more comments come in and we'll go back through those later on the week um when we do the new game because we'll have a lot more time to do it we probably won't be so pissed off but look thanks very much for listening thanks very much uh, for watching, if you're watching it on Recast, that's really great. Thanks very much. Um, again, make sure you get involved in the comments. You can find us across social media. It's really easy. We are That Millwall Pod across any social platform from Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, Instagram. You know it. It's easy to find us. Make sure to give us a follow because all the follows you give us help us with algorithms and make sure that we get in front of more and more Millwall fans. Um, all our comments are open. All our DMs are open. So, obviously, you know, we ignore the ones if you want to call us a cunt within reason. Um, but anything you want to get to us, um, you can do We're both cunts anyway. We're both cunts, so it's fine. We are, we are, we are. Yeah. But that's it. This is it. That's it. Thank you very much for listening. Please get involved with the comments. It'll be great to hear your views. Maybe we're talking bollocks. But right now, Omar sits in a row out camp. I sit on the fence just I, I, I no, row it in. no, no, no. no fence it is right out right in come on I'm going to be row it in at the moment because oh. I don't think the board's going to get rid of him I caveat honest to God well. I caveated mine didn't I I said look if he can if he can change the way we play then I'm I, I can I, I'm happy to give him time but I don't see it changing so I'm row it out there you go I just don't think the board will get rid of him at all so I don't see who you're going to get him right now so at the moment it's row it in potentially till the end of the season um, and then I think he needs to probably do the audible thing and say thank you very much and out the door. But as we've seen with Holloway and other people, uh, unfortunately, money talks. So uh, we'll be back on uh, later this week with the preview game against West Brom. Young Kai will be back, recovered after his hangover. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's it. Uh, we are that Millwall pod. And thanks very much for listening to us rant for the last 45 minutes or so. Enjoy your day. Make sure to share this with a friend and we'll see you again later in the week. Thanks, Omar. Cheers, everyone. Cheers, Mickey.
At Progressive, we know there's nothing like the feeling of riding a motorcycle with your crew on the open road. That symphony of engines roaring in perfect harmony. It's a feeling that would be impossible to recreate on the radio. Until now. Hit it, Jerry. Oh, my word. Really, really terrible. Is that a glockenspiel, Jerry? Quote with Progressive and see if you could save with America's number one motorcycle insurer. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Uh, no, no, Jerry. It's over. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.